ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Psst, want to hear something amazing? Oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So, Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network Grilling Essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select style. 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. is going on dgen nation kenny kim here bringing you another fantasy golf degenerates podcast this week for the zozo championship as usual i'm here with everybody's favorite canadian tyler tambaline tyler how you doing buddy i'm good kenny uh it's a it's a good week man we just had a nice one i love the course shadow creek we'll get to it in a second before we get started want to remind everyone we're sponsored by roto grinders head on over to rotogrinders.com slash dgen sign up for core four get five bucks off Check it out. All my content's over there for PGA and NFL. And yeah, go back into it here, Kenny. I think, like I mentioned last week, I wanted to see more of the course. Definitely got to see more of it. Watched a ton of this event. I thought it was incredible. And yeah, Jason Kokrak, man, gets the job done in the end. Good for him. Yeah, it was a great event. I enjoyed enjoyed it immensely. I mean, the course is beautiful. Um, The reason I sort of like the course is because, I mean, it was one of those courses where, like, I don't know, this sounds sort of cliche, but if you play well, you know, you can score out of your mind. And if you play like ass, you're going to fucking suck ass. You saw Matthew Wolf with 28 strokes less or 28 strokes more than the eventual winner, Jason Kokrak. And Kokrak, what a win for him. Um, again, another guy like Sergio in the mold of Sergio and uh, some others who won uh, in the fall who are just ass putters who, you know, are always great tee to green. And then the, the one week, their putter just comes on fire. Again, giving hope to guys like Corey Connors, Benny on guys like that. Uh, you know, just that one week, you know, 230 tour starts. And then, you know, he finally gets his maiden victory. And, of course, he was, like, one of my last choices. Like, I had either him or Munoz. They were going to be, like, my final choice uh, for last week. I went Munoz, which wasn't bad. He was top 10 in DraftKings throwing. But, of course, he didn't win. Uh, I definitely should have went Kokrak because he was the MGM brand ambassador, you know, uh, and that's the way it happened. So, I mean, a couple other things. Xander with his sixth runner-up in the, since his last victory, the 2009 Tournament of Champions, um, which he's been playing incredible golf. And then you have Hatton, who's been playing out of his mind, being one of the best golfers in the world probably the last two, three months. Uh, three wins well ride this year. Uh, you know, and then you had um, – you know, Henley up there, who didn't really play bad 
on Sunday. Like if, if Data Golf had this thing where if they didn't take anything, any of the other scores into account, you know, he was three up going into Sunday. Uh, his 70 minus two, he had like a 48% win percentage going in to Sunday. It, with nothing else taken into account and him just shooting a 70, his winning percentage actually went up to 54%. Uh, so, you know, it's not like he played horribly, but both Vander and then, of course, a co-crack shooting a 64 was insane. A couple of other good good tidbits. Um, Neiman up there again, won a top 10 bet on him. Cam Smith, I was sweating it. I had a, ten, a top 10 bet on him. He finished 11th, uh, so that hurt a little bit. DFS-wise, winning week. Uh, even with Matthew Wolf, who was almost dead fucking last in my cash game, Cornerstones, still pulled through in cash. One of the benefits of a no-cut event, uh, Neiman finishing in, in, in the top six. I had DJ, but I switched to Justin Thomas, who was just okay. Uh, Harmon was top 10 in birdies uh, made, even though he finished like 28th, 30th. So that really helped the score. And I finished off my cash uh, lineup with Bubba, top 10, and Henley, top 10. So it was a pretty solid week in cash if you take away Matthew Wolf. It was, it was a winning week. Uh, one thing I did notice is, um, you know, I, would play, I play a lot of the double-ups. And uh, the $25 double-up, the cash line was 40 points less than a $5 uh, giant double-up, which is pretty rare. You don't see it that often, but I think you see it more in these type of no-cut events. So I actually didn't cash in the $5. Luckily, I only put like $15, $20 in it, and I put most of my other ones in the single entry. So it's still winning week, but I could want more. Um, so that was a little disappointing, but still a good week. Uh, How did you do last week? I could have won more if you want to put it that way. I like that. Yeah. that that's what we'll go with from now on. No, it was uh, one of those weeks. My core didn't really smash anything. I know. I remember talking about it on the pod last week and on the Wednesday show over at Roto Grinders about Kokrak and Munoz sort of being that situation where you could play one, play both. You know, you don't have to pivot, play them both. And I, and I had lineups like that. I liked X last week. The guys that really killed me would be like uh, Hatton. Not enough of that. You know, that's just a guy that just went on a tear. And you mentioned it. Henley didn't even really have a bad Sunday. He just had a really bad Sunday compared to those around him. It was interesting because he lost his irons. You know, his, his, his approach game was down. Uh, Hatton, seven under. Xander, six. Kokrak, eight under to close it out. So good for him. And, and, you know, like I said, just overall, I like tournaments like this. I'm glad we're going right back to a 78-man no-cut that you can put your focus on. I really like it because it's a week after. So there'll be some reactions, some overreactions, everything that goes with what people saw last week and what went down. But, man, I, I really do like that course. I think they should have it there all the time, not because of the scores of the golf that it gave us. More so, I just like the look of it. It's aesthetically pleasing. It's very nice to watch the, you know, the caves in behind the holes, the way they've created it. I don't know. It was one of the nicer courses I've seen in a while. You know, the shadows as, as it, with the name, all solid stuff, man. And, and being in Vegas would be really nice to get out there, right? If we had the DFS Open or something like that out at a tournament like that, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think they should add that to, 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 the, to the rotation, PCA Tour rotation as well, but I don't think they should take the place of the CCA Cup. Nine Bridges is beautiful, and we need an event in my homeland so they can eat, you know, the poop-eating pigs. You know, they're yeah. delicious, so you got to go there and do that. And just, I think Nine Bridges is just as pretty as Shadow Creek, but Shadow Creek was amazing. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful course. It was a great tournament. Uh, winning three out of the first five weeks, so that makes me a little bit happy compared to what I was doing before the uh, – the breaks started. Anything else we need to talk about before we get into the listener? Before we get into listenerly, I think that's it, man. We'll go. We got a lot to talk about for this week, so let's move it along. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, no. Matthew Fitzpatrick hate or anything like that this week, or no hoodie gate this week. So we'll cut that short. <laughs> uh, it's actually funny when I'm thinking about rostering golfers this week. There's actually a couple of guys that I will definitely hate roster. Like I will click the button and be like, God, I hate myself. And it's going to happen this week. Matthew Fitzpatrick is definitely one of them. So <laughs> let, let, let's get to the listener league for this week. Uh, Benay, B-E-N-A-Y, no avatar. He took down the listener league this week with 624.5 points. Uh, started off with Mr. John Rom, who finished in 17th, 12.181%, 80.5 points. He had Xander, 119 points. Uh, 26.47% owned. He had the Coke Rack, 131.16.55% owned. Um, Henley, man, this guy had all the top three, um, 21% owned. Of course, tied for third, 112.5 points. Joaquin, the dream, name him, who finished sixth, 
with a really solid Sunday to get that top 10 for me, almost 30% owned, 94.5 points. And Mr. Cam Smith, who was one of my favorites last week, just missed out on that top 10, uh, but still had a really solid week for a guy that was priced as low as he was, $6,800, uh, 10.65% owned, 87 points. What did you think of the lineup? Yeah, I think it tells the story of why I lost this week. Basically, a good, good lineup. It scored well, but nobody under 10% in the lineup. So basically, you know, a lot of guys over 20% got there. It's just one of those weeks. It's put it together very nicely. You know, the balance is there. The scoring is there. Everything goes with it. But really, I'm getting sidetracked by his name. Shout out to Benet. But all I could see is Ben and with a Y for yes. And we'll get to that for this week when we talk about our plays. I'll play a little Ben and. But, you know, it's good for him. Looks solid. I've already got him. He's been added to the uh, the tournament champions for the end of the season that we put together just like last year. And then he's uh, going to be in the three-man with us this week. And then shout-out to Johnny Pancake in second. He's a regular. I see him around quite a bit. And That guy's uh, always up there, man. Always up there, man. Always right there the up there, yeah. So shout-out again to Benet, and we'll see him again in the three-man. We'll see him again in the three-man this week. All right, so let's actually get to this week. Let's talk about the course a little bit. The PGA Tour heads to Thousand Oaks, California for the Zozo Championship from Sherwood Country Club. This is another 78-man, no-cut event, so all golfers should play four rounds except maybe, you know, Jason Day. Uh, Unlike Shadow Creek, uh, Sherwood Country Club has seen its fair share of PGA-ish events. The the Shark Shootout was here from 89 to 99. Uh, Tiger Chevron World Golf Challenge was here 2000 to 2013. Uh, Jack Nicholas redesigned the course in 2016, so I'm not sure how much information you can actually glean from these previous contests. Uh, even though the course is short, it wasn't really a birdie brush when the Chevron World Challenge was here. Uh, if you remember, the Chevron consisted of mostly super elite golfers, but the average winning score in the last six iterations of this event was only 13.3 under par. Now, weather may have played a factor as the course is about you know five miles from the ocean and high winds are probably the norm. Now, with this new generation of aggressive golfers, even though it was like seven years ago, it seems like it's a whole brand new type of world when it comes to golf, uh, the aggressiveness these guys, these golfers play with, the technology these guys play with. So I think it's sort of a different world. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's the course will play as difficult as it did back then for the golfers, unless, you know, the wind picks up or unless they make the, the, the greens rock hard. Uh, now, there is some talk that the wind might get up to almost 20 miles per hour on Friday. But, you know, make sure you check the weather report close to the lock. We're recording this like 730 on Monday. So, you know, plenty of time for the weather to change. Um, according to Data Golf, a couple of possible correlating courses are Muirfield Village and Innisbrook. Uh, I've also heard some people say Harbortown and PGA West uh, could have some links to share with Country Club. So now Sherwood is a 7,050-yard par 72 with the rare par five par fives and five par threes. Definitely a short course. Three of the par fives range from 520 to 540 yards, and the other two are around 570 yards. Uh, these are definitely short for PGA Tour standards. And if golfers can hit the fairway and shape their tee shots the correct way, there's plenty of dog legs on this course, everyone in the field should have a chance to reach these greens in two. The two longest par threes are on the front nine. Uh, the third hole is 200 yards, and the eighth hole is 230 yards. The three par threes on the back are fairly short, with the 12th and 15th hole playing around 185 yards, and the 17th playing at 170 yards. Four of the par fours range from 445 to 460 yards. Two are around 425 yards, and two range from 340 to 365 yards. Now, with how short the course plays, I do expect driver to be left in the bag on most holes, even on the par fives. Uh, placement off the tee looks to be more important than length. Jack Nicholas designs usually have wider fairways, but since this is a redesign, I'm not 100% sure how wide they play. Uh, this is something I'll look at the next couple of days, and I'll add it on to my write-up uh, add-on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, if golfers miss the fairway, they will have to deal with bunkers, water on eight holes, and three-inch high bent grass rough bent grass rough is usually easier to play out of than bermuda so if golfers miss the fairway on the correct side they still should be able to have some success in hitting the greens and of course that depends on how firm these greens are playing uh, on approach shots golfers see larger multi-tiered bent grass greens even though the greens are large distance control will be key with irons and past events here the pin locations have been in tricky places I am, and i expect we see something similar Again, and that could make hitting it out of the rough uh, a little bit harder, too, because what usually happens on Jack Nicklaus-type courses is the where the pin is, it's a small landing zone to actually get the ball close to the pin because 
of how the slope, the undulation, and the fact that these greens are multi-tiered. Uh, if golfers miss the green, short game will play. Uh, short game play will be need will need to be solid. Uh, with the pins in tricky locations and the greens being multi-tiered and quick, they're going to be around 12.5 on a stint meter. Getting it up and down can't will probably be difficult this week. I think the firmness of the green is something to pay attention to before the event starts. I haven't heard much about this. So again, this is another part that I'll add on in my article on Wednesday. Even without that information, I still expect this, this to be a second shot course. Good wedge play and around the green play looks like the keys to success. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? Yeah, pretty much what you said, the, uh, you know, approach play around the green, it, you know, the greens that like you mentioned are a little bit bigger, but then you've got those tiers to them. So we'll talk about it. I think the other thing is more importantly, like last week, the same, same thing. You got a no cut, 78 man, smaller field. The scoring matters more than, you know, the fin- finishing position. You'll talk, uh, I think later, about a pretty disgusting play we've got in this field that made a lot of birdies last week. So, you know, that's what I'm going to go after. I'm still going to stick to birdies are better, DK scoring. The wedge game is very important because five par threes plus the, the second shots in at these other holes. And then all, and you look at the guys back at the Hero World Challenge days or whatever, it was like, Graham McDowell and Zach Johnson, obviously Tiger in his prime, basically just crushing, but uh, you know, that situation and then five par fives, you know, that's still to me, I'm going to look something into that just because it's enough of them to worry about that. That's where your scoring is going to come from. So anybody who does well on those typically is going to be someone that I look at here as well. All right. So let's actually get to these tiers for this week. We got this 10 K range. We got Hatton all the way up to the highest price golf from the field. Xander Shoffley. What are you doing this week? Yeah, DJ going out. That, that's another note, just you said what I'm looking for. You know, you got to look and see what's going to happen. So DJ's out. You know, you got Tony Finau coming back. You got Day, you know, off the withdrawal. What's going on there? So th- there is some stuff to look out for in this field. I think, you know, the, I saw it best on Twitter was that they basically, you know, waited all day to get this pricing out with DJ probably not playing or maybe making a move to be out. And then as soon as he, you know, as soon as they put the pricing out and say, fine, we got to just get it up, DJ goes out. So it's one of those things. We've got our pricing set. Still got five guys above. I guess a lot to talk through here, so we'll go through it. But, you know, Xander, the, the joke I saw on Twitter was the second best golfer in the world, some say. Uh, you know, problem is, is there's also all the best golfers in the world. You know, you got Rom, Thomas, McElroy, Hatton, like you said, is probably not going to be considered in that group, but we'll talk about that as far as DFS goes this week. But I think that, you know, the, how he's been playing, even since the API when he won it, right? That was sort of the breakthrough for him, and he's really put a lot behind him. Even on Sunday, it looked like he was – getting pissed off as he normally does and still threw up a a seven under for the day and was right there in the mix. His approach shots down the stretch were incredible. So Xander, I have a tough time getting to, I think Rom, Rory, JT, all those guys, in my opinion, are ahead of him. He hasn't really closed. You talked about all those second places. I know that Phil Mickelson is one of the guys that calls Xander underrated and talks about it all the time in quotes and that stuff. We all say, well, we know he's good. But, you know, the guy that the other Phil Mickelson guy is the other ASU dude, John Rom. And so I'll, I'll let Xander prove me wrong. I'll, I'll go off of him. I'll move all, all my stuff over to Rom, see if Rom can dunk on him this week. I know he didn't have the best week last week, but at 200 bucks less, never know. I definitely think he's better than Xander. We've had these conversations here in the past. I talked about, you know, the ASU connection to Phil. And Phil's been selling that coffee lately. You know, he's been showing that off. Coffee is for closers. And both Rom closing two events since the restart and Phil closing over the weekend in the champions event, getting his second win you know, on the champion store. And in his last few starts, I, I think that's what I want, right? We want these guys that can close this out and win these tournaments. So John Rom and JT are the two I like. The one thing I want to discuss, Kenny, before I flip it to you is just JT versus Rory versus Hatton, right? For me, that's the toughest area. I'm definitely Rom over X. I like JT the most out of those three, but here's the thing. So, you know, JT, I'm on. Probably make the call between up and back on Rory and Hatton, though. With you, you look at this, Rory basically had a nice round three, and that was it. I liked him last week, though, so it's tough not to go back. Uh, but Hatton was the opposite. Everyone said on Saturday, oh, there it is, the jet lag. He's gassed. And then as I just talked about it, I, I thought he could win it down the stretch on Sunday. He was making a, a solid comeback there. Other guys were wavering. It was co-crack up top. I, didn't, I thought X would get him, if nothing else. And, and then Hatton looked like he was going to make a run. So I'm kind of leaning Hatton to go with Rom and JT. But, you know, there's my heavy stances and sort of my what-ifs. Where are you at on the bottom? Well, first off, I'll start with my first cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Terrell Hatton at $10,000. Uh, he is – I think he was top five in birdie average last season. And, of course, this is a no-cut event. 
So birdies are going to be king. The guy just tends to make a ton of birdies. He's been playing good golf, three wins worldwide in his last 13 starts at 10K. I mean, uh, there was win equity there. The price is right. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Terrell this week as my first cash game cornerstone. But then, of course, that means I will be light on him on GPP. So my favorite GPP play in this range, and it's not surprising. I don't think I've ever not rost- rostered Justin Thomas. Like, I, I just think he is – the best iron player in the world is wedge game is probably the best in the world. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of approaches between 125, 150 around that area, maybe like 160. Of course, he'll still be using a wedge because of his length, as long as he hits it in a fairway. Um, you know, the guy just number one ranked in my model. I'm definitely going to play JT. Now, when it comes to Rory Rom and Xander, I'm going to play one of those guys. I haven't decided where I'm going. I'm leaning Xander. Because I'm thinking that people are going to see that price, and they just don't think he's as good as Rom, Justin Thomas, and Rory. And while that sort of may be true, when 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 you go through the broad scope of things, Data Golf actually has Xander as their number one ranked golfer in the last few months. Uh, the guy has been playing exceptionally good golf. He never finishes outside the top 25. He has a rack of top tens, six runner-ups in the last you know 18 months, no wins. Uh, now. I, I, that could change. We'll see how it goes. But if I see him at like 12% and everyone, uh, 10% and everyone else is going to be 15 to 20 or more, um, he might be the leverage play this week. And the thing is at 11 two, he's a little pricey, but you know, this is a good field. There's going to be people that you can roster uh, in the lower ranges to fill out your lineup. It's not going to be impossible. So I'm leaning Xander uh, as my third play in, in this range, but I am not a hundred percent sure so we'll see how that goes as the week progresses. Um, let's move on to this 9K range. I'll start with my second cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Webb Simpson at $9,700. Uh, Webb is actually, I think, one of the best golfers on short courses um, in this field. He is actually first in strokes game total in courses under 7,200 yards in the last 100 rounds, first in drafting points in the last 100 rounds. Uh, in courses under 7,200 yards. So, you know, and again, he was also top five in birdie average last season. So, again, dra- no cut event. You need the birdies. Birdies are king. He's also very good around the green. So if he does miss these greens, he should be able to get it up and down a little bit easier than the other golfers in this field. And, of course, he's actually the best putter in this field in the last hundred rounds, uh, you know, just overall. So uh, Webb is going to be my second cash game cornerstone. And I like the guys up top this week. I like Morikawa and I like Patrick Reed. Uh, Reed's coming off a, what, a top five finish at the BMW. He had a week to, to, to rest uh, last week before he comes back here. Of course, his around the green is special. His putting is special. Um, his iron play has been gradually improving. His wedge play is top 10 in this field last hundred rounds. So I do like Reed and Morikawa. Again, another guy, strong wedge player, strong iron player. This is going to be a second shot course. So I really like these guys up top, down low. Um, I think I'm going to play Hovland again. The guy's just been consistently really good. Not great, but consistently really good here lately. And it could be time for him to break through. Second best wedge player in this field behind Justin Thomas in the last 100 rounds. Uh, iron play is always solid. Again, you worry a little bit about his stroke skin around the green, but hopefully he hit, his iron play makes up for that and he hits enough greens to not have to worry about that too much. What about you, Tambo, in this range? Morikawa, right up top. You know, a Cali kid that may not get as much mention as some of the other ones. He's sort of jammed in there between the guys. I, I also like the top. Like you said, that's certainly the area that I'm going after, but I'm really just hoping he's not as popular as some of the others in this range. You talked about the iron game, the wedge game, all, all that stuff. I know it wasn't the best week for him last week, but it wasn't a bad week for him. And if you look at, uh, if you look, if you look at the numbers there, uh, you just got to hope he can get the putter going a little bit more. Right. So if you look at the stats last week, they were all really nice T 12. And I would call that, you know, his B B minus type game that we saw last week. And if you and look at the still, stats, still yeah, go third, thir- still third in stroke scan approach last week. That's what I mean. And, and yeah. honestly, it, it definitely was not his best. And if you go to the numbers, just over the last 50 rounds, it's, you know, crushing across the board when it comes to par fives, that 125 to 150 birdies are better opportunities approach. He's just everywhere. So I'm hoping 
he gets a bit overlooked, but if not, it's because I like this range. I like the top and down and we'll talk about, I don't really love the middle when we get down there later, but um, you know, Reed, you mentioned and web web. The other thing too, is, you know, just all the stats that he has that goes with it. You could basically swap him and Hatton here. I think for price, we talk about all the time, how he's basically, uh, you know, underrated or under underrated and equals to underpriced. And then if you go and look at his stats, the same thing, birdies are better. DK scoring surprisingly are still there. You want to talk about around the green game, bent grass, all those things that I think line up for Simpson all line up for Reed as well. Uh, Reed has been, you know, these two guys both didn't play last week, right? So I think they're a little bit off people's minds. Uh, you talk about the greens with the undulations and, you know, just the tiered greens and that that's all up his alley. Bent grass, you know, think about it. I think he's got three wins on bent grass of his eight or whatever, including the Masters. So there's that, the around the green game, the touch, everything that goes with it. And he's actually been sneaky good, kind of like a mini Xander in no cut events. So I like Reed at 9,600. I think he's a strong play in here. Not as high on Finau, Cantlay. This fucking guy, man, Hideki Matsuyama. This guy is a <laughs> vortex. He absolutely sucks me in every week. I'm so dumb with this guy, but I'm still going to play him. It's like, I say this every week, and he's under 10K. How does he come 21st like that, play absolutely terrible, and still just be right there? Like, he should win every tournament by five strokes. I don't understand it, and that's why I keep playing him, because it's just like, you look at, you talked about it, Sergio, Kokrak. These are the guys that just strike the ball perfectly, so well, every single week hit the greens, everything's there. And it's like, oh, if they just get a putter going, but then Matsuyama never does. But you know, if he does, it'll be almost like Bridgestone when he just shoots a 61 on, on the toughest conditions on a Sunday in a stacked field, another smaller field, WGC, etc. all that lines up like this and just blitzes the field and, and sends them packing, scores, you know, as many DK points in that sense as what probably two of your guys in your lineup make up. So it's hard to go away from him. He's about the only one here, I guess, there is a conversation to be had. You mentioned Hovland. The, the thing I have with that is that, you know, Hovland is another solid finish, but it's a T12. Wolf falls off the face of the earth. Narrative now, though, attached to him that, you know, he went to school, high school, seven miles down the road from the course. He's the other Cali kid. Last time, you know, not last week, but I guess the last big Cali event was the, the major that he goes on and almost gets there in. So I, I think that, uh, you know, it's an interesting spot. I want to see what the ownership lands like there. And then, What's your thoughts on Tiger? Because here's my only thoughts. I said undecided. I want to I hear where you're at with it. It's our first look, start of the week, everything. You, know, you do your article throughout the week. I've got my stuff. I'll get into it. But we know the course history. You're going to hear about that. It's also when Tiger happened to be at, I would say, probably his absolute best or pretty close to it when he was getting this done. He did win the Zozo last year. It has nothing to do with this course, but I think there's that. The only real interesting narrative, I think, and I'm, I'm a narrative guy, you know this, is that he's still going for the wins record, right? With 83. So wouldn't it be something for Tiger to get the win at the same place he tied it, the event name, the Zozo, but at the course that he used to host his event at for many years. So what, yeah. what's your thoughts on Tiger in general and just that narrative? I don't know. Five wins and five runner-ups this course, but it was a different course, different putting surface. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, this is a second shot course, okay? And the thing is, even though he has he has basically had a wasted season, uh, you know, no after the farmers, no top tens, not even a top thirty-five. Uh, but the one key the thing that has been consistent with Tiger in these events is gaining strokes with his approaches. Uh, and you look at the Memorial when he played Muirfield, which could be a comparable, of course. It was designed by Jack Nicholas, of course. He gained five and a half strokes with his approaches. Um, now, his putting has been horrible. That's what's sort of been keeping him back, which is strange because, you know, he's always been known as one of the better putters out there, but his putter has been awful. Um, I don't know. It's crazy, though. I think if I play Xander, I cannot play Wolf or Tiger because I will be playing, uh, you know, those guys up top. If I don't play Xander, if I play Rory – uh, then he comes into more possibilities. This is just for me personally, from a game theory perspective. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. And the ownership, I think, is going to be playing a big deal of part of this as well because I, I, I have no sense of how popular he's going to be this week. But uh, he, even the Zozo last year when he won it, again, totally different course, nothing to do with that, but it was off a break, right? He basically played 
the one playoff event, the Open and the U.S. Open, had a ninth at the Memorial. This year, it's, you know, he's not really doing much. He came back, he played the, the PGA, played the playoff events. He played the U.S. Open, didn't do well at any of them, but I'm just saying now he gets that other break, another month off, and now he comes back to a place that he just dominates in the past, and you could definitely see it happen, right? So I, I think i got to have a little Tiger love there. Uh, there is guys, and you can go into the next range if you want, of you know that you could play underneath him. So I don't know. We'll come. We'll have to circle back to that one throughout the week. But uh, undecided as of now on Tiger, I just want to bring that stuff up for the conversation. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with him. We'll have to see. Uh, I think it just depends on ownership for me and if I play Xander. So we'll see how that goes. Let's move on to this 8K range. I'll start with my third cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Joaquin the Dream Neem. This guy's going to win soon. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Um, I, I, I have a pretty good feeling about that the guy has been playing really solid golf of course iron play uh you know a lot of opportunities to make birdie the guy's been you know a ton of birdies last week better putter on bent um i just like the way he played a shorter course Uh, i had somebody talk to me about why because i usually don't like neiman on on longer courses with firmer greens and i saw that the greens are going to be sort of firm last week now, the, the thing is, I thought, and it was a longer course, but, you know, with the altitude, it probably only played about 7,200, 7,2,5 uh, last week. And that's sort of why I liked him because, you know, he would have a lot of shorter irons onto these greens. So that, and, and I think this is another short course. We'll have another, a lot of shorter irons onto these greens, even if the greens are firm. And, of course, the putting has been pretty damn good on bent grass. Uh, so I like Neiman at $8,400 as my third cash game cornerstone. I do like this range a lot. And this is another reason why I think I could roster Xander because you can go Xander and then a couple of guys in this range and go to the 7K range. Bubba, I think, was second or third in Stroskin approach last week. Uh, the game looked like it was really on uh, for him. And, of course, he's going to play the par fives really well, and there's five of them. Uh, you look you, you look a little bit more. I'm going to play Matthew Fitzpatrick, even though he needs to eat a hamburger, and he is an upside-down diamond. Uh, again, shorter course. Uh, he's actually been really good at par fives. Uh, especially even with his shorter length. Uh, I, th- I think he was top 10 in strokes gain approach last week. Uh, let me t- double check. He was seventh in strokes gain approach last week. If he can get that, you know, and his putting wasn't great. And, of course, putting is usually his strength. That's his bread and butter. Uh, if he continues with that solid iron play uh, and gets that putter up, he can make some noise. Now, I'm going to hate watch it of course, because I hate his ass now, but you can't have those type of biases when you're playing for money. So uh, I'm going to play Fitzpatrick. I want to play Henley again. Iron great. One of the better iron players in the last six months. He's probably been, I think he's third in strokes game T to green uh, since the restart. Uh, You can't really deny the way he's been striking the ball and his wedge play is exceptional. Again, coming off a solid finish last week. It's not like he played bad on Sunday. It's not like he has to hold his head down uh, for anything. Uh, Now he did make sort of a mess of the 18th hole. I thought he could have gotten second uh, with Neiman, which would have helped uh, that $5 double up that I just missed off because I had Henley in my cash lineup. Uh, And he sort of flubbed his chip uh, for Eagle and then ended up two putting for about 35 feet. But I, uh, you know, I like the way he's been playing. I think he's cash viable again, I, even though with that price, I, I, I know he's up there in price a thousand dollars more, but the guy's game has been really good, especially his iron play. I can't really knock that. And you look at Sung Jay, he didn't really have the best, um, tournament but you look on sunday gained over three strokes with his approaches two strokes uh with his um putter i think he was like top six in strokes gained total and that's with like hatton going ham that's with you know uh uh going ham xander going ham uh, he was still top six or seven in strokes gained total uh, for for that Sunday, I, again, me and Tampa, we both like that narrative with a solid Sunday coming back to the next round. I think he's going to be very under-owned. It could make for a nice leverage play in GPPs. What do you think? 
Yeah, this range is interesting. The two you didn't mention though at the top, you know, our, our special guest, Ryan Baroff, who we always have on here, he always talks about these four guys. And we already mentioned two of them above in Webb and Reed. But the other two guys that just seemingly burn everybody all the time is Berger and English, right? These are basically the Webb and Reed column. It's add these two to it. You've got, uh, you know, guys that could get hot at any time, guys that can just burn up a course and they're under 9K. So, you know, I don't hate that. You'll hear in a second, but besides maybe Neiman and Fitz, who you, who you mentioned, I'm not really in on much else. Like I, I've heard the Bubba mentions. I know what his stats are. I know that he fits the course and people mention that, but I'm not as high on that. I'm not back on Kokrak after, you know, he gets the job done. Finally, that's going to be, you know, a big sigh of relief for a guy like him. So I, I'm not really following any of that stuff. I, I like maybe um, Scheffler just because it wouldn't really be a show if I don't mention Scheffler and his upside for these prices. But you know, from there, then I kind of skip. We get into one range. One thing I forgot to mention, and we're going to segue in. Do you have anything else on the AK range? Because otherwise, I think, think Scheffler is really sh- one of the more streaky golfers out there. And I feel like his streak is on a downward swing. Yeah, he's so, just a decky uh, for me. It's the same thing. It's just 8200 bucks for a guy that, you know, upside, par fives, all of this stuff lines up there. And then if you could look back to his streak of the playoff run, which was strong, shorter fields. Another spot that he just tore it up. And, and so, I don't know. He just needs one one thing to go his way and bounce back. And, man, he could rip it up on the score sheet as far as DK scoring goes for 8200 bucks. But I, I hear you if you're not on him. I'm just not in love with everything else. Uh, I'm going to take us into the next range, though, Kenny, because I want to talk first. We get to go round two on Abe Answer versus Ricky Fowler. And I'll double down on Fowler. You actually had guys back you up. The Tuesday show over at Roto-Grinders, Notorious. And STL cards both told me that answer is better. And maybe it was a little of my ex homerism being my, my boy, Ricky Fowler, but man, that was close that, you know, Ricky, basically I got to double down because answer lost over a half stroke on the week on approach. And Ricky wasn't even bad and got back to putting well on bent comes back here. I I don't know, man. What's your thoughts first off on Ricky versus answer. You take an answer again. I don't know if I'm going to play either. Um, I sort of like Adam Scott above him. <laughs> I'm going to get week. to that. I'm going to get yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah. We, I don't know. I don't, on this. I don't know if I'm going to play either, but I, of course I'll take the answer with Fowler every week. Yeah. You you like what you see from Fowler there last week? I thought that was pretty nice. He's also got a good wedge game. We're talking about now these greens, like you mentioned, it really does set up well, in my opinion, uh, for a guy like Fowler. And these guys are just cheap. You mentioned it right now. And that's the next guy. That's who I was going to start with. But I think, I here's the thing. I think the benefit of Fowler is that it's a no cut event. And the thing is, my big thing about him was the big numbers. He consistently gets these big numbers on Friday or Thursday, which knocks him out and makes him miss the cut or drops him very, very low. And that still was sort of the case last week. I don't know uh, how many doubles or triples he had last week. I could double check. Uh, But it just seems to me that he has those holes where he just, he just, you know, shits himself. Uh, and the thing is, but the thing is, he did get a good amount of birdies uh, last week. I mean, if you look at it, I think he was, what, uh, a fourth in birdies total last week, which is very strong. Um, you know, but again, he had two doubles and 14 bogeys. Um, now, in this type of scoring, after looking at that, I'd probably be on board with you. I'll probably go Fowler over answer this week. I changed my mind. Uh, because yeah, I think I, again, a... when it comes when it comes to birdies and no cut events, birdies are king, and I think he can make more than Abe. I think Abe is a safer play uh, when it comes to when there's cuts um, and stuff like that, and 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 courses where I didn't think it was going to be as high scoring. It really wasn't. I think tenth place was uh, minus ten, you know, so it wasn't like outrageous scoring. Um, and so I would rather have answer in stuff like that. I, I'm not sure how this is going to play this week, just because you you look at it and the way the course is played you know, back in the day, it, it, it played sort of tough with the winning score being a 13.3 under par in the last six times the Chevron was played here, but it's a different, it's a different time. Uh, I, I, that, so that's a little bit tricky for me here, but if it does, if we, if it goes for the week and you see that the greens are going to be a little bit softer and stuff like that. I'll go Fowler. If the greens are going to go, I, I, I think Fowler will probably be answered this week. I'll go yeah. with you on that. I'll go We're with you We're spending a little bit of time on it, but it is funny. The more you keep talking through it over there, I do feel like answer might be like a new age Ricky. 
Because back in the day, that was Ricky too. Same way, like what you said with answer. You know, he's going to make you the cut. He's probably, he might scare you a little bit around the cut line, but he's going to grind it. And then there's going to be that one hot weekend round. And that's why you play him. And you go back to like the players when Ricky broke through and got that big win. It was all from behind with that one hot round on a Sunday. Right. But he was always very consistent in majors and all of those things. That's what he's missing cut. now. Ricky. And now the he's the opposite. Yeah. And, yes. and you got a guy that you'll name later at 6,900 that you said Ricky's dust and you can just play him and get all the birdies, but we'll save that. I want yeah. to talk about Adam. I'm, I'm so pissed. You're ready to talk about him. it. I'm so yeah, angry. Just wait for it. I'm going to play him. Adam Scott is 35 to one at most books right now. And he's $7,900 here. I, I know it's insane, right? It feels too low. Um, top 20 in, in the last 50 and both birdies are better and DraftKings scoring could definitely see him show up. And actually, like you said, if it ends up being something like 13 or 15 under, I kind of like that even better. Right. Like, I think that would suit him. You know, some of the other courses, correlation courses, things like that would set up well. So I think he gets pretty chalky just because a lot of people use Vegas odds and go off of that. But at seventy nine hundred, I'll definitely have to play some. I I think it's just too good of a price. Who else? You know, not much else here for me. One thing I want to note is uh, Gary Woodland. I think a lot of people were surprised by that last week. He literally said quotes, you know, right after the major that he had a torn labrum in his hip. And he was working through it. So, you know, that was talked about by some last week, but others seem to be like, I don't know where this round came from. That's just my comment on it is that, you know, he definitely said that he's working through some stuff. I don't think he looked that great last week either. So I, I don't know if he blitzes the field and comes back and shows up good for him, but not really in on that. And then uh, Munoz, Gooch, the, now we're getting to the lower end. I like, you know, Munoz, same as Kokrak last week. We already talked about, he just, when he makes, when he gets it going, he's got the upside to top 10. And sure enough, he finished ninth. There was that. And then uh, Gooch, talent and upside. He really lost the putter down the stretch. But numbers on you know across the board all week long, you know, pretty solid tee to green, around the green. Uh, the putter wasn't like lights out. It wasn't all putter. If he had a head putter, he probably would have won the thing. So if he gets it going just a little bit more, I think that would be fine. And then I'll leave you with my last guy is Ryan Palmer. Actually, let me, let me do this because Palmer, I do like, I want to say that. And the reason I like Palmer is because I like him more than Lanto. So Lanto now they've completely trolled us. We talked about the Rick Gaiman thing, you know, the under seven K you play him. And I want to comment on that right quick because now they've hit him at seven K on the number, right? The, the ultimate troll. Uh, We've seen this before with Hideki because I talk about him at 10 K all the time and playing him under 10 K. So for me, this is a fade. The flow chart says, is Lanto Griffin under 7K? It doesn't say, is Lanto Griffin 7K or under? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got to be smart here. You got to fade him. And Palmer, <laughs> Palmer really heated up on Sunday, couldn't buy a putt, still got a T17. And the other thing is, Palmer Rom narrative lives on, right? They both finished T17. Any, they always seem to do well together and finish what, like right beside each other in a tournament. You just hope it's near the top. And, and so I like Palmer. Again, this week, he goes with my take up top where I like Rom. So what, what's your thoughts on Lanto down there at 7K straight and then the rest of the bottom range there? So the one worry I have about Lanto, he played great last week. He was really good to the green. Watching him on Sunday, I noticed him picking up balls out of the cup, and he sort of looked like Jason Day, where he wasn't bending his back to pick up these the, the, the ball from the cup. Uh, I didn't hear anything about an injury, um, but watching him, it worried me a little bit about this week. And if he's popular, which I think he will be uh, after his showing last week, uh, I think that's enough for a fade for me because I'm not sure about his health. Of course, we don't have injury reports in golf. I'm just guessing he could be 100% fine. It could be how he normally picks up the ball. But he was doing that thing where he, like, bends his knees to pick up the ball out of the cup. I noticed that especially on the last few holes on Sunday. So that worries me a little bit. So we'll have to see what he says, if there's if he talks about it, if there's any type of info about that this week. But, you know, if he's going to be 15 to 20%, then I'll probably it's probably going to be a no-go for me this week. But I'll go one, ahead. One more thing on Lanto just before you go to the next guys you're on is – uh, also, he did it sort of unlanto like He's never really a guy that gets hot with the putter. And he was a, a lot of putter last week. He was actually top six in the field on Friday. And he was first overall by a decent margin with the putter on Saturday. So if we see some regression there, 
that could affect it as well. And now, like you said, you've got these greens a little bit faster, maybe that sort of stuff. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really trust it as much. I think there's lots of guys right around him and, and go ahead and then we'll go down to the bottom range. But I like some well, guys. The under- thing about Lanto is he was also six in strokes skin approach. So, you know, that's a pretty good combo to have when you're top six in approach and putting. Uh, you're yeah, probably sure. going to finish top if, 10. I'm saying he can, do that again. Yeah. he can do that again yeah. this week, but if yeah. he doesn't have that putter with him, it's going to be a lot di- more difficult to get those scores going that we're used to seeing yeah. to pay value. Uh, and I agree. And his putting definitely uh, regressed a bit on Sunday. Barely. Uh, he, he almost didn't even gain any strokes putting. I mean, he gained like 0.1 strokes putting on Sunday. Uh, I'll go with my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Sebastian Munoz, $7,200. The guy's just been playing really good golf. I mean, there's really not much more to say other than that. He's been super consistent, top 10 in DraftKings scoring uh, last week, uh, gaining strokes on the approaches in his last three. Uh, I think he's had three top 10s in his last six events. Uh, the guy's just been really good. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, at that price, as, my, as probably my lowest, one of my lowest price guys, I'm probably dipping to the 6K range a little bit. Uh, this week because it is going to be a no-cut event. You'll get four guys. Uh, you'll get all these guys through. Uh, now, so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be uh, Terrell Haddon at 10000 Webb Simpson at 9700 Joaquin The Dream, Neiman at 8400 and Sebastian Munoz at 7200 That's going to leave around 14-7 left under the cap, which is plenty for a no-cut event. It should be any problem to fill out the rest of your roster. Uh, a couple of guys I want I want to play Jason Day this week. Now, of course, he killed people um, because of, of his withdrawal on Sunday. But the guy was playing really, really well uh, up until then. And the thing is, this is not like a back injury. If it was a back injury, I would be worried more about this upcoming week. But it was a stiff neck. Um, and, and that, I think, can be solved with treatment within three days. Uh, and another reason why I do like um, – uh, what the fuck is his name? Jason Day is because you, you look at it in, 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 in short courses. Uh, he is actually seventh in strokes gained tee to green in, in courses under 7,200 yards, eighth in DraftKings points in courses under 7,200 yards in his last 100 events. I think the ownership will take a really big drop. Uh, he was semi-popular last week, um, and I think that that ownership should go down uh, because of his withdrawal. And it's going to be a big risk for him, but you know you got to take risks sometimes when it comes to GPPs. And I think this is a risk that I'm willing to take, uh, which is crazy, and I can't believe I said that. But I want to play Jason Day. I also want to play Paul Casey um, at $7,500. If that golf is right, and, this, and the comp course to this is Innisbrook, um, I mean, he's won twice there. Uh, and, and so, and again, it was a bad week last week. You're going to get depressed ownership. The guy is a great iron player. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a shekel or two on him this week on DraftKings, uh, maybe 10%, maybe 15%, so I don't kill myself when he shoots plus 10. Uh, but, you know, uh, just, just to have, and I think, you know, he'll be single-digit owned. So I like Paul Casey. Um, other guys that I will play, I like your Palmer call. I'm going to play Palmer. And I'm going to play Cameron Smith once again. Uh, he's gained strokes in his approaches in his last seven events played. Iron play has been really, really good. Uh, a, a really good finish last week, finishing in 11th place. Though I really wish he finished in the top 10 because having him plus 600 last week would have really helped, even though I had a good week betting with the Neiman, a uh, winning week with the Neiman top 10 at plus 400. Doubling that up would have been a lot better. Uh, so I do like uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Cam Smith as well. So let's go down to the 6K range, and I can't believe I'm going to fucking say it. I'm going to play Jordan Spieth. What's that? At $6,900. Uh, I think I might Yeah, I think I might have played him once or twice this season. I am not completely sure. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Spieth finished top 15 in birdies last week. He actually was top – even though he finished, I think, 38th, he was 13th in DraftKings scoring. The one thing you always worry about Spieth is him making the cut. You don't have to worry about him making the cut. The guy makes a ton of birdies. Uh, that's definitely – that's something that really hasn't changed. Uh, it's the fact that he has the big numbers. The Ricky – the, the Spieth syndrome is what Ricky is having now, where he, ha- he makes a lot of mistakes. 
Uh, and if that's because he's pressing too much, because you know his game is not where it should be, that's probably the reason why. But of course, in these events like these, where it is no cut, and it's just the birdie is king, at $6,900, you know, if he finishes top 20, top 15 in birdies, you're going to be okay uh, with him in that lineup. Uh, and so I'm going to play fucking Jordan Spieth this week. I hate it. And I'm going to play Matt Cooch. I'm playing all the guys I hate this week, basically. Every single golfer I hate, I am playing this week. It seems like a Cooch course, shorter course, um, you know, that he can do, just plod his way through um, like he does in like Harbor Town and stuff like that. Um, and I could see him do, paying off his value at $6,800. Uh, other guys I do like, Adam Hadwin at $6,700 this week. Uh, came in second a couple of years ago uh, at the Desert Classic, which is all no, uh, other Jack Nicholas courses. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going on sort of with that type of narrative down here. So I like Hadwin. Same with Adam Long uh, at 6400 He actually won that year, uh, you know, one of those classic, and he's been playing pretty good golf, decent golf, really good with his uh, wedges. That's another reason I do like uh, Adam Long at 6,400. And another guy down below, um, I'll play a little with Richie Wierenski at 6,300. Top 10 in strokes can approach last week. He can keep that iron play up. He can make a little bit of noise and maybe pay off that $6,300 value. Who do you like? I didn't even look at the Wierenski play. That that's a good that's a good one probably at sixty three hundred. I was looking more at uh, Ortiz for the same price, just because we you know talk about it all the time. It's some it's normally in cut events, but at the same time, it's not going to matter here if he scores well. He scores well. It's just kind of like a mini Munoz. I mean, we're not win- that far off where Wierenski was almost winning it was a couple months. You know where he was you know finishing had a couple of top tens, came in second or or did he win that week? Uh, no, he didn't win. I came in third at the 3M Open a couple months ago. That wasn't too long ago. Top 20 at the BMW with an elite field. Eh, I'll throw something in there at $6,300 for him. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, a little bit better on Ben, decent on par five scoring. So just looking at a couple things here as we go through it, of course. But yeah, you got him down there. But if you go back up for a second, you mentioned like Spieth, Nah, Kisner, Kucher, Hadwin, basically all, all those guys are just guys that you can mix and match. There's a, there's a, there are a bunch of those guys that fit the same narrative that we've been seeing the last five, six weeks, whatever it is now of just the random dudes that can show up at any time and win sort of a big name event. Maybe not speed, but I, I do like your angle there. Oh, yeah. He's going to win. He ain't going to win. He ain't going to win. No, 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 no. Win. It's not that it's like you said though, he can show up, he can score bent grass, little undulation, you know, faster greens. The, the fact that, uh, you know, 6,900 and it's a no cut. We finally get the price. I haven't even seen anyone talk about it today, really, about that, you know, speed being at 6,900. That's pretty crazy. But, you know, we haven't seen that in a, a long time. We've been waiting for it, right? But we, we didn't actually see it. So it's where he belongs. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that's but that's probably this, why I'm and, playing him. That's where he belongs. And that's probably yeah. why I want to play him. You know, that's, that's where he should be. That's where his game is. Uh, I mean, Sun Kang is ranked higher in the world than him right now. Yeah. Some and for this can. field being so strong, it's just nice to see it. Like you said, finally, nice. it's the right price uh, on a guy yeah. that deserves that. So uh, some of the other ones. Like like Han, said, from, Han from Fast and Furious is ranked higher <laughs> than Jordan Speed. I mean, what about, Ho- what about Horikawa? Is the, he Horika- the Horikawa? Uh, I got no Horikawa for me. I- Ishikawa, he might be He might be a better play. Shugo Imahara, we want yeah. birdies. Yeah. Hey, shit, I just noticed he was even in the field as I'm looking through some of these names, um, you know, down here at 6,200. Uh, you could play that. But, yeah, the, the other guys I had marked here were uh, Tyler Duncan, 6K even last week. I think he's a fine play. The You know, sets up well as far as approach. Courses he's won. You know, he got a win at the uh, the RSM Classic or something. He's a, he's a PGA Tour winner down here. Connors, though, is the guy that I'm getting. He's my other guy. So three Vortex plays are Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler and Corey Connors and these guys every week. I mean, Corey Connors played like shit last week, but I don't know. The, All the, guys, incredible ball strikers who sucks ass at putting. Those have been like the winners here recently. So, you know, maybe, maybe it happens again. Yeah, check back on Wednesday when I do the lineup HQ show to see if I'm putting them all in a group together and just saying max of one because – all those guys coming together at the same time to start making putts. And, oh, don't forget my other guy, rounded out as a four-pack, Benny on. I joked about it earlier with the Listener League winner, but I was already on him. I had him marked green here. He literally couldn't have been more dialed on the weekend with that approach game, Saturday yeah. and Sunday. 
and he lost like in. three strokes putting on Sunday or something like that. Add a million, three and a half, yeah, three million. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. He could not buy a putt in he one day. Three and a half strokes in one day. Second one worst in the field combined. <laughs> Second yeah, yeah. worst putting in the field combined. So put him in that same vortex. Put them all in the same lineup and hope for a miracle, or put them in your pool and just separate them some. That's what I'm going to do. Other than that, Kenny, I don't have much else down here. Anyone else you want to mention in the 6K range? I'm good. Let's go to our bets. Who do you like this week, Tambo? Got four. Oh, I've got Jake. What do you got? My bad. I'm, I'm watching the Dallas game right now, and Dalton just threw someone through a, a, a floater to the linebacker of the Cardinals, and it literally it bounced off his chest, and it should have been the easiest pick six ever. Uh, I need Carolina. I need I need the Cardinals to win. So uh, I, thought, yeah. I thought you were gonna yeah. say a, a Dalton hospital ball, and we were waiting for an injury to come out there. <laughs> yeah, but no, not that um, bad. Yeah, back back to the bets. I got JT twelve to one. I got Webb twenty to one. I got Neiman thirty five to one. And then I got that stupid Connors play one hundred and forty with the each way top five. I'll take it. All right, I got Hatton twenty to one. Webb twenty to one. Neiman thirty three to one. Henley, 50 to 1. Munoz, 80 to 1. So I'm doing a five pack this week, saving a little bit of money for some live betting uh, when it comes down to it this week. Uh, one and done, I'm going Neiman. He's the one guy I have left. Yeah, honestly, with one and done, just play the opposite of whoever I say. Last couple of weeks, I, like I'm literally the worst one and done player in the world because <laughs> last week, Wolf was my alternate. Not, not this past week, sorry, the week before. He was my alternate, does well. Last week, I'm like, oh, now I'll plug him in. He's dialed. Yeah, absolute trash. So I put here, if you want to, you know, play Lanto Griffin, I talk shit about him. He'd probably be a good play. If you want to play uh, someone for real, though, that I, I think this week, or you want to know who not to play, it's probably Hatton, because that's the guy that I've got plugged in. I still have him available. So see if he can stay hot and use him in one and done this week. That's my guy. Did you see that tweet I put out about how Harry Higgs is – the American version of Beef, Beef Johnson. Yes, And then that's they should play Zurich together. Beef yeah. said that he's in. If they end up playing together at the Zurich Classic, I need like Did he respond to you and say that? I, yeah, he responded and said, I'm in. <laughs> so yeah, so, so I, need, I need that Higgs-Beef combo, and I need the Higgs-Beef combo. It sounds like something you get at like Arby's. But, the uh, Tyler Higby combo. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and so, oh, that's a safety. Oh. Oh, sorry. I'm watching the game. Anyways, so um, you know, if they end up playing together, I need those inside the ropes passes. I, I'm going to tell Beef and I'm going to tell Harry Higgs that when I, when I, when when they play together uh, on Twitter. So everyone pray, everyone go and tell them that they need to play together at Zurich, and then that they need to give me um, inside the rope passes for giving them the idea because they will be a fun group to follow uh, during the during the round and after the round is where I want to meet them because. Yeah. That'd be a fun party to be yeah, at. Yeah, that would be a fun party. We'd be just, we'd be drinking Guinness and Tito's all night. Is what I'm is what I'm is what I'm seeing. All right, so uh, that'll be it for today. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can also find my article on GupsCorner.com. Some really good savings going on right now, leading up to the Masters at Gups Corner. So check my Twitter feed for that. Uh, you know, I have my favorite bets, the course preview, stats to look for. Uh, I'll update my course preview a little bit more as I get more information going on. Uh, my, uh, I have my favorite cash plays in every range that aren't my cash game cornerstones. Uh, but the favorite bets, the betting, the top 10s, the top 20s, have been really, really good uh, here uh, since the restart, really. Uh, that's the one thing that's been saving me. So go check out uh, gupscorner.com. Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you got any questions. I'm mainly just posting about shit that's going on in the golf, retweeting the stuff where you can find my content, and then a little bit of sports cards. I just saw today that the uh, 2021 Upper Deck is going to bring back PGA licensed sports cards, so I'm certainly excited about that. I'll see what the market looks like, but I, I still think there's upside. You know, some Tiger Woods rookies I've got that are sitting around. They're about four or 500 bucks right now they're going for. I, I don't mind that. So, uh, yeah, excited about that. You can add me on there. Other than that, find me on rotogrinders.com. Go over there, head on to rotogrinders.com slash dgen. Uh, go there, lo log in. You get five bucks off everything. You'll see all my stuff. I got shows every day. I do the podcast Monday, Tuesday, Noto and Cards, Wednesday with the guest. That's all PGA related. Thursday, I got these Thursday night football show. Friday, I do the Tourney Takes podcast, which is free. And then Saturday, I've, I record the Sunday night football show with Head Chopper. And Sunday morning, I do a free show with the guest uh, about an hour and 20 minutes before lock. So I still get out of there with plenty of time. 
to finalize my lineups and for you guys to do so as well. So check that out. And then lastly, don't forget to go on to iTunes and give us some ratings and reviews. We need, we need some more reviews, some good ones, some funny ones, whatever you guys got. And then some five stars, get that rolling for us. And we appreciate y'all. Yeah, I always tend to forget that. It is pretty important, but I, I don't really care. But it is important, and that's why I never really say anything about it. But, yeah, leave, leave a five-star rating and a review. It'll really help us out. All right, so we got a great field, brand-new course, uh, primetime golf for the East Coasters. Should be a good week. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. Okay, here are reasons to try a Nest mattress. One, they have a mattress for every kind of sleeper. Two, Nest offers free exchanges within a 100-night trial. And three, save hundreds on everything bedroom-related, now through the summer at nestbedding.com. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial. Available at Walmart. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.